What's up, guys? Thanks for listening to the Palmetto State Sports Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, we've got a couple local sponsors to shout out really quick. All today's sponsors are based out of South Carolina, so be sure to check these guys out. First off, SBH Barbecue. These guys are bringing in competition-style barbecue to Greenville. Located at 5021 Pelham Road, swing by and try out some of the best barbecue in the upstate. I've been there myself, and I'm telling you right now, it's some of the best barbecue you can get in the state of South Carolina. Soccer fans of South Carolina. The Greenville Triumph are taking over the USL League One, and they need your support. Check out GreenvilleTriumph.com for schedule and ticket information. We've done work with them before, and we have Chris Lewis, the president, who is a great guy. You should get out there, check out a game. You like drive games? Good. You like Swamp Rabbits games? Good. Well, the Triumph is the next big thing on the block. Make sure they play at Legacy Charters Stadium. So it's right down, it's near downtown. It's a perfect spot for you and the family, perfect spot to go have fun with some of your friends. Make sure to check out the Greenville Triumph. Go to GreenvilleTriumph.com now to get tickets. They have games all summer, so go check them out. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Rooted. Rooted is a branding and web design company based out of Greenville, South Carolina. From logos to websites, Rooted can provide your small business or startup with everything you need to build your brand. Finally, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. Fight fans, get ready for Bare Knuckle FC 7, Jason Knight versus Leonard Garcia. Check it out on pay-per-view or barenuckle.tv August 10th. If you're interested in MMA or boxing, it's a perfect blend. It provides you with brutal KOs, brutal punches, the blood, the gore, the stuff that you want to see. So make sure to go to bareknuckle.tv or bareknuckle.com to get tickets to the event. You can watch it on pay-per-view. It's $40. It's a great event. They always put on a wonderful show. David Feldman has something great brewing over at Bare Knuckle. So make sure you check out Bare Knuckle. All right, fellas and ladies, let's get this bad boy rolling. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the first episode of the Palmetto State Sports Podcast. It's the second one we've recorded, but the first episode was considered episode zero. Today, I'm here once again with my co-host, Jackson Fields, and I'm Graham Farrell, formerly Johnny Rombos. Today, we're going to be talking about Clyde Trapp's ACL tear, South Carolina's bad week in recruiting, Clemson's uptick in recruiting currently, uh, some explicit tweets of the week. And a couple more little things based on Clemson, South Carolina. Maybe a little UFC talk in there. But hopefully if you're a Palmetto State liver, a Palmetto State fan, or you got some ties to the state, you will enjoy this episode. So, Jackson, you ready to get down dirty, baby? Sir, let's do it. All right. Well, you wanted to talk first about Miles Murphy from North Carolina, who you projected to commit to South Carolina. and he Call, Calling me out right away. Yeah, I called you out, and this is when you respond when you get called out. This is how this works. I mean, yeah, there was con- conflicting information. I mean, most people's he had he had told people on both sides, you know, that he was going to both schools, and he ended up going to North Carolina. Um, apparently, he was a uh, silent commit to USC for a few months, and then he went on a visit to UNC a few weeks ago, and they ended up flipping him. You know, I mean, 
And, you know, a lot of fans, you know how this goes. You think you're getting a guy and they talk him up and they think he's like the best thing in the world. And then right when he goes to another school, they're like, oh, we didn't need him. He's not that good anyway. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's true. I mean, he's a good player and he would have been a, a good addition to the Carolina class, but it didn't happen. And, you know, they move on. They, they'll figure something else out. But, yeah, I did think he was going to Carolina. Yeah, and then I guess, you know, kind of continue on the avalanche here. Isaiah Walker, your best offensive lineman commitment in some years, decommitted. Yeah, that felt like it was uh, coming for a while, honestly. Um, committed to South Carolina May of 2018 and um, was committed for a little over a year. And, you know, he took a, basically a different visit every weekend. But, you know, he, he was still tweeting about Carolina. and People thought his uh, pledge was solid. And then a few weeks ago uh, – he said he was done taking visits and he was a hundred percent committed and then was like, never mind, I'm decommitting a few weeks later. Um, so it was, it was confusing, but you know, it happens. Uh, that's he's probably nature, one of my, that's the nature of recruiting. Right. And he's a 17 year old but he never kid. really shuts it down. Yeah, you're right. And, but, um, but if there's ahead. any positives for you, I heard from my guy that this, the Miles Murphy situation wasn't technically over. It said he had told both schools he was coming, that this recruitment, you know, he may have committed, but the recruitment may not be over. So, you know, yeah. worst case scenario. It, it does also kind of stink, though, for South Carolina fans that in the one year you're, you could have a chance to get a stud Miles Murphy. Clemson, on the other hand, has a Miles Murphy who's a top 10 consensus player in the country, just physical freak. Yeah, um, it's funny to see people on message boards who don't know the difference between the two you know before miles murphy committed to north carolina a lot of guys who went to actually the miles murphy that went to clemson committed they were like i thought he was going to carolina like i thought he was a lock i didn't even know and you know it's fun having to explain to people that there's two people with the same exact name in the same recruiting class the same position it's amazing how little people on message boards actually pay attention you know when, when it's not like something actually going on like i saw clemson fans as well that like when miles murphy dropped they were like Oh my gosh, you know, before, I guess before our, like Clemson's Miles Murphy had committed, people were freaking out that Miles Murphy was taking business to South Carolina, not knowing it was a completely separate person. Yeah, uh, you're right. And uh, I just think the, uh, I don't know, the outrage of the backlash after a player you know, decommits or a guy you think is going to your school doesn't go to your school is just a little bit ridiculous. I mean, people were saying that this was make or break for Muschamp and that he's losing to a 75-year-old coach in Mac Brown. First of all, Mac Brown's the same age as Nick Saban, and he's known for being a good recruiter. He's been a good recruiter his entire coaching career. And, he's, I mean, he's, he's in North Carolina – like that's his backyard. He's from North Carolina. It's not like he's, you know, from Columbia or anything like that. So I don't I don't think the the backlash against Muschamp is warranted. It's it's one kid and yeah, he's a good player, but like you said, I also heard it might not be over. And um, you know, we'll see what happens from here. Yeah, is in the wise words of some famous people, they always said, It's about the ones you get, not the ones you miss. Who said that? Uh a lot of famous people have said <laughs> okay. that over All time. Right. I believe yeah. you. It's like you can't really just you can't really credit anybody for saying just do it. You know, Nike gets credit, but I'm sure a lot of people in the past have used the line just do it. They, you know, a, a stolen trademark in in a sense, but you know, like I'm saying, a lot of people have probably said that phrase. Yeah, you should you should uh you should raise awareness for that. Okay, well, you know, just do it awareness month. Uh, I do would like to talk about good news though for South Carolina fans. 
is I, I talked to two Gamecock graphic designers, two separate ones, who both have made Tank Bigsby Carolina pictures. So that might be breaking news to you, but there is two there's two separate two separate graphic designers out there with Tank's, Tank Bigsby South Carolina graphics at this moment. Yeah, I mean, he's had some stuff out like that for a while. Like, people have drawn him on tanks, um, which is actually, there were some pretty cool designs. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that means he's going to South Carolina, but, you know, he's uh, he's visited Auburn a lot. He's visited Carolina a lot. Georgia seems to be heating up a little bit for him, but I think it's going to be an Auburn-South Carolina battle. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I guess, you know, we talked about him a ton last week, but Jordan Birch, you said there was no news, but big news him saying that he wants to play for a contender. Did he say that? Because I don't yeah. think he said that. His, someone in his camp said that he said that he wanted to play for a contender. In a recruitment like that, when you get a quote from someone in a camp, that's a big quote. Who had the quote, though? I'm, I'm, now, I'm challenging your journalistic. Know, I, I, I mean, I directly do not know who gave the exact quote. But I can tell you that there was a, someone in his camp who said he wanted to play for a contender. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen that, but I mean, maybe he wants to go to South Carolina and make South Carolina a contender. I mean, yeah, I'm sure one defensive end would change an entire program because that's happened in so many instances. Robert and Kim DJ completely changed Ole Miss. <laughs> um, He's also one of the biggest busts to me in NFL history. Robert Kandichi? Yeah, he wasn't even he that good awful. in college. Yeah, he was very mediocre in college, and his recruitment was insane. He almost went insane. to Clemson, right? What? He almost went to Clemson. If he was I committed remember. to Clemson until his mom, who right. I don't even think lived in America, got involved in the recruitment, and he decommitted and ended up going to Ole Miss, which where his brother was there. So, right. You know, yeah, hard, he was to, a, hard to blame a guy for going to school with his brother. The history of like number one overall players is not even that good. Remember Byron Coward a few years ago? Yeah, Auburn. He, I had a buddy that saw it was on a flight with him last weekend. He's on. He he actually got drafted in the fifth round by the Patriots. He barely. He wasn't even good in college. Yeah, he transferred to Maryland after Auburn. That's right. I couldn't and, remember. Yeah, cool. but he wasn't good at Maryland. I, I think in the NFL sometimes when you get to the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, you're either taking steals from small schools or you're looking for a guy who has major upside but never panned out in college. And the Patriots have had success with that in the past. So, you know, in this situation, you kind of never know what's going to happen. Why not take a flyer on Byron, a former number one overall player? Right. right? And he's, I mean, he's got the NFL size and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, he's you an know? athletic freak. So, at that point, you kind of almost have to take the flyer on him. You yeah, know, I, I A little, not breaking news by any means, but Justin Flo, the number two rated recruit in the country, according to Rivals.com, he named Clemson his leader in the past two weeks. And That is big we, news. Well, that's, I mean, that's news. That's a pretty I, big deal. I can't stand you. I mean, are you, are you saying that it's not big news? No, I'm saying it, I think is, it big is news. No, I was, I wasn't being sarcastic. Oh yeah. I would say it's, I mean, that's pretty good news, right? No, I thought you were saying like, oh, Clemson's getting another five star. It's not that big of a no, deal. No, 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 I no. I, oh, uh, this recruitment is, he's a California kid. So it's probably not, it's probably a long time from being over, but right. at this time he did name Clemson his leader. And I mean, Clemson went into California and got Joseph and got last year. DJ Ugalale is committed this year. So, you know, right. going into Cali and expanding its reaches, to me, it's insane what they're doing right now. It probably will happen for three or four more years. Who knows? It may happen forever. I doubt it. All great empires come to an end, you know, but at this time, it looks pretty, it looks pretty insane. How old, how old is Dabo? 
Um, I mid forties, late forties, early fifties. Okay. I can we I mean, can do a fact check on that. Well, I mean, Nick Saban is sixty eight, and they're still rolling along. I mean, Clemson could, if he stays there, I don't really see it ending anytime soon. Yeah, I just I, w- w- like what's the situation Dabo leaves in? I mean, I don't think he'd ever go to the NFL. Okay, yeah. So Dabo is forty nine. November twentieth, nineteen sixty nine is his birthday. Okay, so yeah, I mean, he's only. I mean, that's not that old for a coach at all. No, oh, yeah, and, and if he if he were to land Jordan Birch and Justin Flo in this class, I mean, you're talking about one of the best defensive classes in the history of like college football, and that's not even yeah. uh, you know that's it's insane. Yeah, it's 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 pretty ridiculous. Say what? I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, do do, do Clemson fans even get excited when they get five stars anymore? I mean, it's yeah, so I common. Mean, excited, it happens all the like, time. It's almost like you you take for granted at one time when C.J. Spiller committed to Clemson. It was like the biggest commitment in history, you know. And now, if a right. guy like C.J. Spiller were to commit to Clemson, it's just another guy, you know. It's like Tavian. It's, it's like Tavian. Yeah, as bad as it sounds, but it's like another guy. You're like, okay, now yeah, you're another five star running back. Like you kind of, you know, you you get excited for a second, you kind of move on with your day. I, I can remember when Travis Blanks committed back in the day. He was like a high four star. I was like, oh my gosh, he's a program changing recruit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like I mean, it's, it's looking at now from where it was, you know, seven to seven to ten years ago is just a completely, completely different football team, football program. Right. I mean, especially the perception around because, I mean, they're clearly either the first or the second. You know, they're one A, one B with Alabama as programs in the country. I don't know what you I mean, I think they're the best program in the country. They pro- I think right now the narrative behind Clemson, too, is that. It's like the fun team to play for. Like everybody wants to go to Clemson. Like they're the right. they're the they hot the slide. They're the hot item on the shelf. They're the Christmas toy everybody wants right now. Yeah, I you know. know Alabama's been around for so long. They're still going to get their guys as well. But it's like right. right now, Clemson's more of the hot the hot ticket everybody wants. Everybody wants to go play for Clemson and Dabo. Nick's a little yeah. bit older, and it's just yeah, it's one of those things, man. When did my that happened so suddenly in my opinion? Like it happened like on a it wasn't gradual. Like it was just like one day it kind of like exploded. And I don't know when that was. Well, I mean, I think making the playoffs four years in a row, going to three national. But it was before that. I mean, it's not like y'all have been getting recruits. That's why you won the national championships. Yeah, but Deshaun. I mean, without Deshaun Watson, they probably you know what Clemson's model is different. Alabama is that Alabama still Georgia probably has better talent. Like throughout a team wise, but quarterback is a position to me that if you have a great quarterback, that's how you sustain greatness. Right. And, and that's not the a lot only of program team. and Alabama has never had a great quarterback in my opinion. Two is probably the best one. But Clint, Deshaun Watson, Kelly Bryant was great. He couldn't throw the ball down the field. Now he was still a great quarterback, great He's game good. manager. He was a guy he was an Alabama quarterback. Kelly Bryant would be an all star Alabama. Yeah, yeah. He's a Blake Sims, uh, Jake yeah. Coker. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, but now you got Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, and you got DJU coming, you know, in, in next year. So it's like the to be able to sustain a program to me is easier when you have a better guy at the head position. You know, your point guard, your right. quarterback is a absolute stud that makes your team go. Yeah, and who are the who are the quarterbacks who have beaten Nick Saban? You know, it's Johnny Manziel, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, was it who beat him on Ohio State? JT Barrett. No, Pretty great quarterback. Cardell Jones. That's right. He was great in college. You're I mean, one of the best th- college football players ever. You, you have to have a company if you beat Alabama. You have to have a great quarterback to beat a Nick Saban defense historically. Yeah. And like and that, before and that's Deshaun. Still, that's still how the team is going to be, that. man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. Um, 
you want to talk about uh, Clyde Trapp a little bit? Yeah, we can, we can transition from football to basketball here about how Brad Brownell is not, you know, I would have probably let Brad Brownell go a couple years ago. If I was in that position, I'm not, probably for a good reason. But you give a guy so many years in a program, you expect him to produce. And the Sweet 16 run was awesome. It was a great run. You know, he looked like he was a stud. But his, his just luck with landing big-time recruits, and you don't, there's nothing you can do about injuries. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing you can do about injuries, but Clyde Trout, the starting point guard, tears his ACL out for the season. What do you do about that? And he was going to be one of Clemson's best players next year. If not their best. That's what I, I think he would be their best player. Yeah, he showed – he didn't show a ton of development and improvement last year, but year three, you know, without Marquise and Shelton in the program, like it kind of changes everything. And for sure. And Clemson – might struggle in basketball next year, like very bad. I don't especially, think. I don't especially think, in the ACC, I think struggle mightily will probably be what happens. Yeah, especially with that with the conference schedule. I mean, who are they better than in the ACC besides like Pitt? I don't even know if they'd be better <laughs> than Pitt to be honest with you. Pitt had some young studs. Jeff Capel's a great basketball coach. Like, I'm, 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 I'm as a as an ACC fan of basketball, it's worrisome to see that Clemson might be the bottom of the totem pole. They also so they had a transfer. Uh, he's a German kid. I, I want to say he, it's not UNC Asheville. I can't remember where he played, but he, he was supposed to be one of Clemson's. Oh, he was UNC. No. Yeah, it was UNC Asheville. It was, he played at UNC Asheville and he transferred to Clemson. He was supposed to be one of Clemson's top scorers this season. And he tore his ACL like two months ago. So you oh, lose okay. your maybe top scorer, And then you're probably your best player in two, three month period. You miss on Josiah. Was it Josiah James? So, you know, the three people you need to get your program rolling, you've lost an injury and you've lost in a recruiting battle. So at some point, if you're that unlucky every single year, you pro- it's almost like you got to make a change, right? Yeah. Like, you get unlucky for so long. It's like, I get it. I feel bad for him. It stinks, man. Like, he has had the worst luck. But if your luck continues for a 10-year trend, it's like, you know. And what was it, you know, the year before the Sweet 16 run? When you guys, um, you know, lost every single game close at the end, that I thought he was going. Well. I, I thought he was going to get fired after that, and then he goes to the Sweet Sixteen, and you bring back a ton of talent, and you don't even make the tournament. I mean, that's just the way that Clemson basketball has gone for you. You know, they seriously brought back all of their key players. You know, losing Devonte Graham was pretty big, but. Why did I say Devontae Graham? Oh, from Kansas, yeah. Gabe well, DeVoe. Yeah, no, I, why did I say Devontae Graham? I didn't Graham? even remember. I, yeah, I, just I don't went know with why I just said Devontae Graham. Yeah, Gabe DeVoe was a huge loss for Clemson. You're like, just I, such an expert on Clemson basketball that I, I just assumed you had it right. No, yeah. Dude, I, was, I was actually testing you, hoping you would fix that. No, but dude, Gabe DeVoe was like – he was the engine that went, made Clemson move, man. He got hot so quick and he changed – he just – he could change a game with three possessions. And he brought Clemson back in games, and when he left, it was like no one, no one had that firepower to just kind of pull up ten feet beyond the arc and hit a three, three possessions in a row to change a game. You know, Devon or God, I keep saying Devon, uh, Gabe Devoe was just a guy, man. He he was a dude. He was a dude you wanted on your basketball team. And when he when he graduated, it was I said before the season it was going to be a big hit. I did not think it was going to be as big of a hit as it was. Right, and Clemson's got Clemson's got some talent. I mean, Amir Sims is was pretty good. He had a pretty good year last year, yeah. and he'll be back. And Clemson's recruiting class is decent, but they're not going to win in the ACC with a bunch of freshmen and Amir Sims. No, I mean, I'm just being honest. 
They're recruiting like Butler basketball right now too. So unless you have a Brad Stevens, that that philosophy probably is not going to work. Yeah. South Carolina basketball though. What are they? What are we going to do in the SEC this year? What are we going to do? Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, what's, what's South Carolina going to do? I'm just, I, listen. I'm not a fan of either team. I'm just a I'm a sports fan of the Palmetto State. Okay. Uh, I'm sure. Well, South Carolina basketball. I think I think they're going to make tournament next year. A bold, that's a bold prediction. We can just leave it at that. We can transition okay, yeah. to the NBA free agency. Okay, you just yeah. had a bold take. South Carolina's going to well, no. the tournament. We'll write we'll that down. We'll touch on that later. Duly right, noted. Yeah. NBA free agency, though. 2.30 in the morning, Kawhi to the Clippers, Paul George to the Clippers. This is all happening, I believe, on the night of 4th of July, correct? Well, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Either July 3rd or July 4th. But, I mean, that news is it was, it was July 4th, the morning of July 4th, not July 3rd. The first night I was in Charleston. That's the point. But, I mean, that's like ground-shattering news. Like, the OKC Thunder just broke up, like, what they had. Now, Russell wants out. I mean, we're you know, what happens? Russell, where does Russell go? Uh, I mean, the Heat would be – I mean, that's a disaster. Yeah, how do Him you and Jimmy, Jimmy – Jimmy Buckets yeah, can't play with other superstars. Now you want to put Russell, the most ball-dominant player in the NBA, with him? The the yelling matches mid game mid timeout while they're on the court between Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler like I want that to happen just so I can see them yell at each other for eighty two games like that would be incredible. You could do a Jersey Shore Miami with Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, and, it's a reality television show. It really and is. I mean, I mean, they're and like I can already tell you that they would win. I don't know, like forty five, fifty games, and then lose in like five in the second round or something like that to the Bucks. I could see it. I just don't. I, I I don't believe in a Jimmy and Russell combo. But I actually. So who would Paul want George, Russell Westbrook? If Paul George didn't want to stay on the Thunder. You ha, you don't want like their their GM. I think it's Presty or Pressy. Sam Presty, yeah. Sam Presty. If he didn't want to stay, you get a guy for a year who doesn't want to be there. You're gonna have to trade him or let him walk either way. So go out and get a record number of picks for him. Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying. Now the Heat, if they go out and send a record number of picks to the Thunder for Russell, then the Thunder are in a situation where they have like 15 first round picks in the next like five years. Right. And then, I mean, they have to completely tear it down because Russell Westbrook yeah. and you know, Russell when Steven Adams is your second best player and Russell Westbrook's averaging 38, 14 and 11 and they're down by 30 every game. Like that's what's the point. No, I'm, just trade I'm them with you. Yeah. And I think they need to get rid of Steven Adams, too. I think Steven Adams needs to go to a – I hope Steven Adams goes to a contender. I love Steven Adams as a player. I think he's a great guy, great accent, great facial hair, great, great man Great screen bun. setter. Great screen setter. Great screen – dude, he does the dirty work. He's the grittiest player in the NBA. Yeah, he's a very – he's an underrated, gritty guy. No one – everyone knows he's gritty, but he's, like, grittier than that. Yeah. Which is, right. to me, it's a, he just doesn't get any love or recognition. Like, I always thought he was a good third option on the Thunder – but the post game has kind of gone away from the NBA. Like having a great, you know, post game, post moves. It's just it, the dynamic of the NBA has changed. And that is for sure. Right. And all you need him to do is set screens and get rebounds. I mean, and he can do that almost as well as anybody. Yep. But the whole NBA free agency, you know, all those deals happening that quick. Let's, let's talk about, about the Nets a little bit. Say what? Let's talk about the Nets a little bit since that, you know, happened. Since the yeah, last, uh, I, I don't really understand the Kyrie, Katie, and DeAndre Jordan big three because I think Jarrett Allen's probably going to be a better basketball player at this point in his career than DeAndre Jordan. So yeah, I'm I don't still, think DeAndre Jordan's good at all. He's, like he's done. 
I don't want to say he's done. He still played at a decent level when he was in New York and Dallas, but he's not playing at the level he once was in Los Angeles. Dude, I think that Nets are that's a disaster waiting to happen, in my opinion. I don't think that's gonna work at all. Well, you don't get KD for another year. I right. Mean, you get it, Kyrie by himself, that'll work out well. He's such a great leader. Well, we dude, should the, show the thing, that. But the thing Boston. is, the Nets were a good basketball team before they got there. Karis Levert is an absolute stud. Spencer Dinwiddie's a good basketball player. Jared Allen's great. You got Joe Harris. The team has potential to be good. Kyrie just has to step up. Kyrie wanted to be the man so bad for so long. He finally gets a chance to be the man in Boston. And, I mean, it's like, I don't want to be the man anymore. You know, like, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. The whole Kyrie yeah. narrative, like, I was a huge Kyrie fan. I loved his game. I still think he's a great basketball player. But his mental game, I don't know if it's his mental game or what it is. But you can't want to be the guy, get the chance to be the guy, not want to be the guy, and then go be KD's sidekick. I agree. But I don't think – Kyrie has had a very long injury history. He gets hurt almost every year. He's getting older. KD coming off a torn Achilles at 30, 30, 30 or 31 years old. I can't remember in two years. I don't think KD is going to be even close to the same player he was before the injury. And I don't think Kyrie is good enough to be the first or second best player on the Nets if they want to win a championship. Like, I think they are going to clash. Like, everybody talks about how good of friends they are, but there's a reason everybody says don't room with your friends and don't work with your friends, like, when you go to college because that's not going to work out well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Although I do think KD's game is based off a little more skill than athleticism. I personally he'll, – he'll, when you tear your Achilles, on average, you lose about, I think it was like 15 to 20% production. Like That's just a statistic from NBA players tearing their Achilles. I think Kevin Durant will be on the lower part of that side. Yeah, he's getting a little bit of age, but at the same time, Kevin Durant's game is completely based on a skill set that nobody else has. I mean, I agree, but nobody in NBA history has ever come back and been the same after a torn Achilles. Yeah, like, no, you're right. He's you're going right. to lose a little bit, at yeah, least. You're 100% correct. And, that, uh, you know, the Lakers missed on everyone. So, you know, you get AD. <laughs> That's not true at all. They got Anthony Davis, top five player in the league. Yeah, but they missed on all their free agent acquisitions they wanted. I mean, yeah, they missed on Kawhi. But I think – I think I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's Kyrie. a good signing. They missed on Kevin Durant. Seriously going for – okay. They missed on Julius Randle. You're, you're, you're just naming people now. Julius Randle – Probably going mean, to be an all star this year. I mean, I, I mean, maybe, but I'd rather have. I think. Go ahead. Uh, I'll take. Danny I'll take to the bank right now. Julius, Rand there's a better chance of Julius Randle being an all star next year than South Carolina making the NCAA basketball tournament. Okay, these are two uncorrelated, but we'll make a bet on that somehow. <laughs> I think there's a good but, bet to be made there. I believe in Julius Randle's game. He's going to be in New York, where he's going to be the main ball ball op first option. Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, get out of here. This is the weirdest hill that I've ever seen anybody die on. I love Julius Randle's game. I think that when Chauncey Billups compared Zion to Julius Randle, he wasn't that far off. <laughs> Zion is just a spicy Julius Randle. Okay. He's just a little Julius spicy. Randle with bounce. Julius Randle with bounce? Yeah, Julius Randle with bounce. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Chauncey Billups' comparisons are absolutely undefeated. So, Anyways, uh, back, right to now, back to the Lakers. Back to the Lakers. We're, we're NBA is probably we're done talking about NBA for a long time after this, but go ahead and give me your finals prediction. Just you don't have to give me a winner, but who are the two teams that are playing in the finals next? I, think, I think it's going to be Lakers Sixers. Whoa, really? So yeah, what I mean, 
No, I agree. I don't. I mean, I don't hate the pick. I like this. I like the Sixers in there in that spot for who, sure. Who you have the Clippers? I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't trust Paul George in the playoffs. Is the thing. No, but I trust Kawhi Leonard. Okay, I trust LeBron. We can do this all day. I know you're a huge LeBron guy, and I don't hate that. It's just that you grew up in a different time of basketball than I did. I got to watch greats like Kobe and Shaq play, while you've seen Russell Westbrook. You know, you're like four years older than me, dude. It's not uh, like you're like a granddad. Well, <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, you can kind of look at it though. It's you grew up on a different generation of basketball players than I did. Yeah, LeBron's better than all those guys you named. Okay, we're not even going to get into that right now. Long story short, I got the Clippers and Sixers. I think the Sixers are going to be an absolute tear in the East. Oh, I agree. I think they got way better. Yeah, they did. They did. Oh, my gosh. And with Kawhi I love Josh gone, Richardson, and I love Al Horford. I agree. And now, their bench, with, their bench is not good. Yeah, but who cares about the bench in the playoffs? You play like six or seven guys anyway. It doesn't really matter. Oh, your true casual showing signs of an NBA oh. player, NBA fan are showing. I'm just saying, once you, once you get the playoffs, your your uh, rotation shrinks yeah, a lot. Your rotation in the playoffs is bigger than it is the regular season because guys play less in games. You know you're probably going to win. Oh yeah, I'm talking about like deeper into the playoffs where the Sixers will be. Okay, long story short, we can argue about NBA all day. What we can't argue about, which is an absolute known fact, is Ben Askren getting absolutely knocked out by Jorge Masvidal. I mean. That was the quickest knockout of in all UFC, time. It was the fastest in UFC history. Right. I mean, this is this is you're you're more the, you're the UFC guy, so you you go ahead. You well, you take this one. I just it's, it's Ben Askren and Jorge Masvidal are two guys that have been fighting forever, but they finally get a chance in the UFC. Kind of as a title eliminator fight, in my opinion. Whoever you know, whoever won the fight was probably going to get a shot with Kamara Usman or Colby Covington. But it's like Jorge Masvidal winning this fight was huge for the UFC. Because of all he's doing on social media, he's talking all this junk now. Like the UFC needs a guy to be a superstar. The UFC's promoting Dana White. No one cares about Dana White. I don't care about Dana White. You don't care about Dana White. Our producer Liam doesn't care about Dana White. Why should I give me a reason why I should care about Dana White? Once they start producing superstars again and the organization gives us the superstars we want and they market them like they should, then we'll be good. Mark Jorge Masvidal. He has two of the greatest knockouts in UFC history in his last two fights. So just, you know, enough of, I know not everybody, MMA is not for everybody, but at the same time, if you've watched any second of MMA in the past six months, you know who Jorge Masvidal is. He's back. He's a street fighter. He started street fighting with Kimbo Slice. That's how he got famous, was fighting with Kimbo Slice on the streets. I mean, if they keep having knockouts like that, though, like average fans like me will want to watch. And you're right about the marketing, too. Like when, when Conor McGregor was at his peak, I wanted to watch the the UFC. You have to develop superstars. In my opinion, baseball is bad at it as well as MMA. Like Mike Trout, oh, probably the they're greatest awful ba- at it. Yeah, Mike Trout's probably the greatest baseball player of all time. They don't market him. It's like You're you right. gotta you gotta market your superstars in a lot. I don't know if that leagues don't understand that or what, but Dana White is marketing himself. They blamed it on Mike Trout for not having the right personality. And like, like it's not his, it's not his job to market himself. He's the best baseball player I've ever seen. It's your job to like make yeah. people care about. Him. Yeah, it's to me, it's just insane. But you know, talking on the insane topic, like we're talking right now, uh, you got a crazy tweet of the week, I believe. I do. So, uh, home run derby Monday night. Did you watch it? I watched it. I did not watch home run derby. I was playing basketball, being physical and active. 
Well, I was doing my, I was doing my job watching sports, you know. Uh, Pete Alonso, a rookie from the Mets, um, ended up beating Vlad Guerrero Jr. Even though Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit way more homers and was way more memorable, but anyways, Pete Alonso beat him in the final round. Pete Alonso makes uh, around five hundred thousand dollars a year, and so does Vlad Guerrero Jr. And the winner from this wins a million dollars. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. I think I could live off that. But uh, let's see who we got. James Seltzer. He's a sports radio host in Philadelphia. Tweeted, Pete Alonso is way too excited to win the home run derby. I mean, a million bucks is nothing to sneeze at, but come on. That is one of the most insane takes I've ever heard in my life. That's just, you get people on Twitter who just want to say things to get people's attention. I mean, he doubled his salary in a night. Yeah. And and why would you not want people to like for him to be excited about that? That's going to get more people to like you want people to be enthusiastic about it. It's going to get more viewers and drive well, for up God the rate. God's sake, baseball needs it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they you want him to just be like, "Yeah, I just want a million bucks and the home run derby." Like, who cares? Like, wh- what does that guy want him to do? And who's who's what line is it? Like, what line did he cross to where like, "Okay, he's this is where he's too excited." Like, what did he do? He didn't even like he was just he was just pumped. He won a million bucks. I'd be pumped if I won a million bucks too. No, I'm with you. I would be super excited if I won a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like I win a I win a bet I make for fifty dollars, and I'm more excited. You know, it's like having a child. You know, with a few, <laughs> with a wife, of course. But it's like having a child and be the greatest moment of your life. Like that fifty dollar bet I just won. Like your boy. Like that's a big bet. That feels good. A million dollars in a night. Right. Come on. Yeah. Seriously. Ludicrous so, take. My uh, insane tweet of the week is about Taylor Lorenz, who has recently changed her name to Taylor Lorenz at VidCon, uh, probably for publicity purposes. Long story short, she tweeted, air conditioning is unhealthy, bad, miserable, and most of all, sexist. I can't explain how many times I've gotten sick over the summer because overzealous AC in the offices. Like, buy a fan. You're not going to die, LOL. I should be able to wear dresses in the summer and not get hypothermia. Weird that making women slightly more comfortable and productive at work causes so many men to have a mental breakdown. Okay, this is, uh, this is the Palmetto State Sports Podcast. So, maybe she should come to South Carolina in July and tell me how bad AC is in the office. Greatest shut, thing in the world. Shut up. She's an idiot. I mean, I just... I, I cannot believe that someone would actually like, I get it. A lot of dumb things are said on Twitter, but to say that an air conditioner is sexist, it's like, how how do you formulate that? What did you think before you tweeted that? Like, was it like, I want to get huge on Twitter. I want a 10,000 people to react to this. Or you actually wrote the article believing some people might think AC is is sexist. I mean, could you imagine going to college for four years getting a journalism degree getting a job at a major publication and then writing the headline that ac is sexist like (laughs) how much of a loser do you have to be i'm sure her parents are extremely proud of her like we put you through school you're gonna complain about all these crazy you know whatever and then you're gonna say ac is sexist we just put you to a great four-year university and you're claiming that air conditioning is sexist in the workplace I mean, that's a hell of a hill to die on. That's a, (laughs) like, I've died on some bad hills in my day, but if your one hill to die on is that air conditioning is sexist, I mean, dude, you kidding me? I could say right now that gas station bathrooms are sexist. Why? 
<laughs> because women's are so much more clean than men's. And I, it, I mean, if that's the hill I want to die on, I could die on it. I'm not going to. Women's bathrooms are typically way more clean, but I don't call the toilet sexist. Right. And how does she, anybody take her seriously after this? Like when she writes about like actual stuff that, that means anything. Or I don't know if she does that or not. But like I could never tell. I would just be like, hey, this is the girl that called AC sexist. Like, you, yeah, she can, could cure cancer, and I'd be like, "Hey, but it's the girl that called AC sexist. Like, can we take her seriously?" So she actually, she's a staff writer at the Atlantic. Here's her title: she covers internet culture. Oh my God! <laughs> what she does went that to even Harvard. mean? She went oh to Harvard. Gosh. People in that Harvard. That makes it so much worse. You start to, you listen. I've seen movies where they, Harvard is the most prestigious university in the world. Here is example A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Why it's not. Get out of here. You got, you got people graduating from Harvard making, making stuff up like this. They needed to like, uh, they needed to like retroactively take away her degree. Yeah. And be like, we're just going to take your money. You don't have the degree anymore. You can't like say you went to Harvard because this yeah. is just embarrassing. Hey, and if you do, you're you're in trouble. <laughs> like, we're suing you once you say you went to Harvard because you're embarrassing everybody. Not just yourself. You put us at risk to be embarrassed. And these guys at Harvard, these big, big wigs, these women, these big wig women, they don't, they don't want this. No one wants this. Does anybody agree with her, though? Like, the people who liked that tweet, do they, are they like seriously like, yes, this is the content that I want? Um, let's see. At Jackson Fields, Gamecock Central. I wholeheartedly agree with this take. I also believe AC may be somewhat sexist in the workplace. Thank you for this. I'm literally shaking. You are my queen. Uh, I, I, did, I did not say that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Jackson... I think episode one slash two slash the second episode we've ever done, but the first ever episode actually. This might be a wrap. Enough for some sexist AC, some kids winning money, Clemson's basketball program, South Carolina recruiting. We covered it all. Uh, Jackson, any last words? No, I'm good. I'm sure we'll have plenty more stupid tweets to tell you all about next week. Let's do it. I'm glad. I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you go to iTunes and Spotify. Like, rate, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. At Jackson Fields 15. Jackson Fields 15, very manly name. And you can follow <laughs> me at Johnny Rombos, or you can just search Graham Farrell. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Painting just like a friend of mine. From behind, guess I'm gone to Carolina in my mind. Karen, she's a silver sun. You best walk her away and watch it shining. Watch her watch the morning come. A silver tear appears.